Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. I don't really remember my first day of school. Um, I don't remember the first time walking into a pre-K classroom. I don't remember the first time walking into elementary school or middle school or high school. Even when I moved states, I don't remember my first day of any of those. I also don't remember the last day. I remember field days. I remember the first time Chris uh, pushed me to the ground after I had surgery. I remember my friends. Um, we would uh, James and Brian and I used to uh, engage in the 90s pastimes. I think there were really two that all of us did. Um, trying to make America's Funniest Home Videos, which of course now looking back is crazy because the reason people got onto America's Funniest Home Videos was because something crazy happened that they didn't have control over. But man, we would choreograph the most wild looking mistakes um, over and over and over again, trying to see if we could put a video together that would um, live up to, you know, Bob Saget's high expectations of uh, America's Funniest Home Video. And I remember, um, you know, pretending that we were a part of the WWF, you know, before it got sued by the World Wildlife Federation, had to change its name to WWE. I remember uh, throwing one another onto beds or cushions or whatever the case may be, um, mimicking those incredible wrestling moves over and over and over again. Right, we seem, at least for me, I tend to remember like the highlights and the lowlights. And for me, the first day of school was never one of those. And the last day of school was never one of those either. They always felt like obligatory moments. And for me, the first day of school was often run around my birthday, which is just such a bummer. Uh, when you're in school. Although now, honestly, I miss it. But as we, you know, today in person, we're actually celebrating our graduates and we'll have a little moment to pray for those folks who are graduating and uh, offer them blessing as they move on to whatever the next chapter of their life may be. We're going to be celebrating folks who are moving from pre-K to kindergarten for the first time, which is crazy. We're going to be celebrating folks moving from elementary school into middle school and middle school into high school and high school into college and college into graduate school and we've got PhD students who are graduating and uh, moving on to incredible things and uh, doctor medical doctors who are moving on to amazing things and I'm just so um, amazed by the ways that all of these people are keeping the future on the horizon and it's made me think a lot about my own memory and our memory and I think the scripture hits us at just the right time to think about memory and I wonder for you just as we're sitting together what do you remember most vividly about your school experience or about your family experience do you remember the sort of mundane moments or do you remember major highlights or major lowlights I tend to remember like you know, fights and arguments that I got into, or, um, you know, I mentioned Chris being bullied. I remember those moments vividly because they were painful and I had to process them in order to, you know, feel like I could trust myself again and feel like I could live safely in the world again. And then on the other end of the spectrum, like I remember 
all of the highlights, all the moments that really solidified a friendship or all the moments that helped me to fall in love or all the little moments that led to where I am today. And that's sort of what Paul's talking about here too. If you read any commentaries, what they'll say is that Paul is really focusing on memory here, right? I remember you in my prayers every time I lift you up with joy. And then beyond that joy, he talks about how he holds them, he remembers them with Christ's compassionate heart because of who they were for him at a pivotal moment in his own life, right? The Philippian now church, the Philippian community was the first community that Paul went to that was way beyond his comfort level, made up of mostly, if not entirely, Roman citizens and very few of his own people of faith um, who shared the space with him. And so when he got there, the relationships that he built there were foundational and formational for him. He learned something about the heart of God because of who they were for him. And that is such an incredible gift. So for you, I wonder who those people are who shaped you, those people that you look back on with a um, strong, positive memory, who uh, helped you become the person that you are because of their love for you, their support for you, their challenge to you to become the best version of yourself that you could be. Maybe the people who introduced you to a loving God for the first time. If you grew up in a, in a church or a community where God was seen as this like uh, being to be terrified of, who is the person who opened your heart to a loving God who created with intention and loves each of us and calls each of us to a life of purpose and sustained um, compassion and love? Those people, those moments, those experiences are what shape our collective memory of who Christ is. And that's what's so beautiful about our faith is as much as it's tied to um, scripture and trying to attune to the presence of God, it's also about our shared memory. Our memory shared as a community here and now, but also as a memory that exists for generations all the way back to uh, Abraham and Moses, those people who led um, our spiritual ancestors in a direction of faithfulness. Every story in scripture just reminds us of those pieces of our own collective history that we may not have experienced ourselves, but we are beneficiaries of. It's an incredible, incredible gift to be able to look back on our lives and on our community of faith, to be able to see how God has been present when we've been aware of it and when we aren't aware of it. That's the gift that God brings to community. Uh, there's a wonderful author named Richard Rohr that I know I reference um, a lot and I apologize for that, but he talks about this idea um, by using a sort of egg metaphor. He talks about uh, how all of us live in a cosmic egg and at, at its center, the, the yolk, if you will, is my own experience or your own experience, a singular experience of the world. And it's, he talks about how it's easy for us to get trapped in thinking that that experience, that solitary experience, is the most essential for us to understand uh, the world around us and how we're meant to interact with it. Right? My story is the only story that matters because it's the one that I'm most focused on. And there's a lot of us, I think, who get caught in that, right? Like 
something will happen in the world and it just felt like a personal inconvenience to me, right? Um, which obviously uh, the world is bigger than that. And so if you're in that place, like no judgment, but I hope that you might be able to broaden your perspective just a little bit to see the second uh, layer of this uh, cosmic egg that uh, just beyond my story is our story, our collective experience of the world around us, right? Like, what does it mean to be an American? What does it mean to be someone living in the state of Georgia? What does it mean to be a graduate of Emory University or Apex High School? What does that mean? How does my identity with this group of people help us to understand the world better? What does that mean for those of us who uh, claim North Decatur as our membership home where my identity is tied to North Decatur United Methodist Church? What does that mean for the way I interact in the world? What does that mean for the way that I challenge my community of faith? What does that mean for the way that God is working through people beyond me in ways that I might not even know about unless I ask the question of my neighbor? That's important to take that step just beyond ourselves into the lives of the people that we're surrounded by on a regular basis to hear how God is present to them so that we can see how God is challenging my own personal perspective to be a little bit bigger to include someone else's experience as well. See, that's the, the growth that we're talking about here. And I'll say more about that. I just want to give you the last layer. Just beyond our story, there's the story, like capital T, capital S, the story of God's redemptive work in the world. My story is a part of that redemptive work. Our story is a part of that redemptive work, but it is not the sum total of it. There are people and communities beyond the folks that I already interact with who have an experience and an understanding of God that I could certainly learn from. Because every time we learn a little bit more about who God is, a little, every time we learn a little bit more about who our neighbor is, our heart begins to break open and we're no longer primarily just focused on ourselves, but instead we're able to see the world as bigger than me and even bigger than us. Our hearts are broken open, our minds are broken open, and we're able to grow. And that is Paul's prayer for the people in Philippi. He says, um, this is his prayer for them, this is my prayer, that your love might become even more and more rich with knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters, and so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes from Jesus Christ in order to give glory and praise to God. Wisdom, knowledge, love all go hand in hand is why it's so important for us to celebrate all of those folks who are moving from one chapter of life into the next. It will come with challenges, but it will come with new opportunities to have our hearts and minds broken open so that we can experience and absorb new information and new relationships.
in order for us to be in Paul's words, blameless, in order for us to be on the path of sanctification, in order for us to be saved, we have to be able to let go of some of our preconceived notions so that they're held loosely in our hands and loosely in our hearts so that we never try to draw hard lines around who God is and what God wants in the world. Because trust me, as soon as we start drawing a hard line, God will inevitably break it open or we'll calcify around it and we'll find that God has left us, not intentionally, but because we refuse to continue walking forward. And so as people of faith, my chicken just laid an egg and wants you all to know about it. So uh, if you'd like an egg, let me know. If you want some eggs, we've got, we've got eggs coming every day and I'd love to share that gift with you. Um, I don't know that I have enough to go around to everybody, but if you'd like eggs, let me know and we'll see if we can make it happen. Anyway, uh, the point that I was trying to make uh, before Courtney uh, rudely interrupted us is just that um, that prayer is consistently needed for us here and now. That our love would increase, that our knowledge would increase, that our um, insight would increase so that we would better understand the compassionate, grace-filled heart of God. And so that even more than that, the compassionate, grace-filled heart of God would almost replace our own heart that wants so desperately to focus on my story without bothering with anybody else's story. Uh, it's important to let Christ's heart almost replace ours. Not that there's something wrong with yours, but just like let it be made full, right? Christ is the fullness of humanity. And when we let Christ's presence fully indwell within us, we're not uh, replacing us. I'm not replacing me. I'm just allowing, allowing my full humanity to come alive with Christ breathing fresh life into it. And so as we uh, begin to look towards, you know, the next academic year or just the next week or maybe just the next hour or so, my um, encouragement for you is just that you would allow your heart to continue to be broken open, to experience all that life offers to you, to allow the relationships that have shaped you to, to um, continue to live in your memory, but also to continue to inspire your future. The memories that we carry as a community shape not just who we are, but they shape who we will be. And so the more that we're able to share them together, the more that we're able to honor them, and the more that we're able to look towards the potential of new experiences and new memories being made, we'll begin to see that our collective heart is broken open to respond to the, to the needs of our community and to respond to the urging of God in our own lives. You are gifted. You are called. You have purpose in this world. So live into that. Trust that reality. 
it is a true thing. But we cannot shape the world and justice and mercy and compassion if we're unwilling to do the hard work of showing up on a regular basis, of sharing our stories vulnerably as often as we can, and taking intentional moments of rest to reconnect with the nourishing love of God. All of that is a part of our memory, and all of that is a part of our future. We're called to do both, to honor our past and look forward to the future while being mindful of our neighbors and of God in our present moment. So whatever this next week looks like, I pray that you would increase in love and knowledge and insight so that you might be holy and blameless, set apart for the work of God in this world. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.